If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset, shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Menches, and I'm delighted to be here today because I have the very cool, very amazing, very fun Erin Smith with me here today, and you're going to love what she's up to and what she's sharing. So I first just want to say hello, Erin. Welcome to the Double Your Sales Now show. Hello, Ursula. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited. I know we're going to have a great conversation. I, you know, I was like, we got to start recording soon because I don't want, I don't want anyone to miss what we're going to talk about. I know you have so many great things to share, and I just want to welcome everyone. I know we have listeners from 47 countries now, which just blows my mind. I want to say hello to all of you. Welcome. We love that you're listening. We love hearing from you. So um, just, you know, be. Be inspired, keep going, and that's that's why we did this show, because we want to keep you excited about your business, even if you're having one of your toughest days. So with that, let me tell you a little bit about Erin and why I'm so excited to have her on the show. Erin Smith started her entrepreneurial journey over 13 years ago when she started investing in real estate across the country. I love that we have that in common, by the way. Since then, she has started several other businesses in various industries and sold them. I'm going to have to talk about that. Her latest venture is The Starters Club, a place to learn business fundamentals and get whatever business you dream of building off the ground and making you money. Amen to that. She's also the founder of The Entrepreneur Summit where just in her second year, she was able to share the stage with Shark Tank's Robert Hershevet. Wow. In addition to running her businesses, she's also a podcast host, and I got to be on her podcast, which is so much fun, best-selling author of Master the Start, a speaker, and most importantly, yes to that, mother of two. So she is, Erin's juggling a lot, as I know many of you are out there. And her website is thestartersclub.com. At the very end, she's got some really cool things to tell you about and help you with your businesses, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you wait until the end. So with that, I mean, Erin, let's just jump in. I, I want to hear a little bit about your story first, like if you wouldn't mind just sharing, you've invested in real estate, you've sold some businesses, like what's, what's your story? Yeah. So I was, I, if you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki, mm -hmm. I had the safe father. My dad was a, a farmer. We have that in common too. We're both farm yes. girls. I'm in Wisconsin and he, but he really pushed like 
be safe, go get the corporate job. And I followed the money. I never followed my passions. I never followed what I was good at it. And so I went into business school. I graduated, got a consulting and thought corporate America was like everything. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I remember calculating if I had a 3% raise every year, (laughs) I maybe would have like six figures was just unimaginable to me at 22. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could hit six figures by the time I'm 50. And this is just amazing, you know? Right. And then long story short, I started to see, I luckily got out of a a layoff. I never got laid off, but I I watched my friends getting laid off. I witnessed this whole thing and read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and realized I had to own. So I wasn't ready to leave corporate America. I wasn't, that was just, it was a crutch for me, but I used that money to invest in real estate and invest in stocks. And that's where I started learning little things like how to LLC a business, how to, you know, create partnerships and, my entrepreneur journey was completely accidental because I was fine where I was. But when I moved to Dallas, I was living between Dallas and Phoenix. I was with my, well, he's now my ex-husband, but at the time we were, you know, living together and he was in school working on a PhD and he came home for the summer or he came home one day from the summer. And I I said, listen, I'm not going to support you. Like I need you to at least, if you would have gotten a job pre me, you need to get a job now. So he went to Sears, he came home. He's like, I cannot do this. And I, to know me, I have a huge love of animals. In addition to my two kids, we do rescue. So we have six dogs here. And, Mm. um, yeah, I love, I love animals and the farm girl in me. Right. (laughs) Um, I I feel you. And, um, we we just started this pet sitting business and that was my first journey into it and i just it's it's funny like when when you sent me the list of questions we talk about you t- you asked about you know what you had to get over limiting beliefs first wise or firstly and i'm not trying to steal your thunder on questions but it was so interesting to me on my very first business, I had no limitations because it was just for fun. There was no expectations from it. But I, and I honestly did it because I was so passionate about, I knew we offered the best. I, there's no doubt, like we offered the best service. We were going to love your animals. We were going to show up. I only hired the best people to do it too. Only if you were allowed in my house, my house was the most difficult house on the block because we do so much rescue that I knew if you could handle my house, anyone else's house was cake. And so just by those standards, it was so easy for me to build and to sell our services because I, there's no doubt, like either you use us or go find somebody else. Like I'm, I'm not gonna, I know we're the best. And, um, eventually we, we got divorced. I sold that business. I was completely burned out and then started my next venture, which was a spray tanning company because my mom had been diagnosed with skin cancer. She's okay now, but I had her skin type. So I said, okay, I have to start really being careful about this. I wanted somebody to come to my home. This was about uh, seven years ago now. So it was still kind of a really new concept at the time. There was nobody who did it in my town. So I started that and then just slowly took over Dallas, was in salons, uh, had a full staff and was able to sell that. And then just, you know, kept it's really been a, what's my, what's piquing my interest? How can I help people? And that's the next move I make. So business has been a pretty just based on interest journey for me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, interest and passion and excitement in what you're doing. I love it. So, yeah. so let's let's go there. So maybe when you launched your second or your third business, <laughs> were there any businesses where you had limiting beliefs come up about selling or where you maybe started to, where you might have gotten in your own way? And if so, what did you do about it or how did you shift them? Okay, so it's it was so crazy because in the first two businesses, I knew what I offered was the best. I knew I was so confident in my services. There was no question. The Starters Club is what tripped me out the most uh, because I second-guessed myself. I was like, well, was I enough? And that was really the question. It was like, well, okay, I sold my businesses for, you know, in this, I built my businesses up to the six figures, right? Mm-hmm. Am I that good? Because there's people who sell for millions. There's people who sell for billions. So am I good enough to teach this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew like my problem is too that I I want I know for so many of these people this is their hard earned money that they're giving me right mm-hmm. that this needs to work and so there was this pressure I put on myself too that oh my gosh what if these people you know I know they can get the results if they do this I understand this but what if they don't what if you know so it was all the second guessing and I really had to work on myself to say Aaron you you do know and some of it was just reading what others put out there and and um understanding it doesn't I, I think it's all about okay i do know enough to do this it's the that darn enough word i think was the biggest thing i had to get over to really make this business a success because i was just like i don't know am i smart enough do i have you know can i offer enough can i do all this and that was my biggest limiting belief in this business mm-hmm. well it's interesting that one comes up so much on you know this the show and everybody at different levels and times in their business, when the business becomes more of them, you know, consulting, coaching, whatever it might be, it, it tends to be the one that brings up the whole like imposter syndrome or am I enough or, you know, second guessing. And, you know, the, the, the truth is we just have to be a little bit ahead of everybody else that we're helping and be able to pull them to where we are. So, of course, you, you've you sold businesses, you've launched businesses, you have tremendous success. And congratulations, by the way. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. And not only that, yeah. but people need you, right? Like there's a call for so many people who, because you can, you can fast track them. So what, what do you believe now? Like think about your business and the impact you're making and how you're helping. Like what's your belief today? The biggest belief I've had is I am the no BS person and I know I can help people. And I see, um, I see some of the, I don't, I don't want to talk bad, but what has inspired me and what has really pursued me and what I believe is that I see people who don't care, who are taking people for money. And I know for me, A, I'm a great teacher. And that's one of the beliefs that I can break down concepts that are overwhelming to people in very easy to format. So that's been one of my biggest, biggest beliefs in that. And the second is just, I, I am not here. I have to focus on the help. And that's my, you know, how many people can I serve? How many people can I help? And I know I can, and I'm not here to make a quick buck. I am truly here. My success is completely in alliance to how many other people succeed. And that's what's most important to me. And as long as I focus on that, business is a lot easier versus, okay, how do I, you know, what do I launch to make a buck or whatever? There was, a, there was a time where I just kind of, I was like, okay, well, I got to follow this because I know I can make money doing that, even though it wasn't a passion and even though that wasn't the best way I could serve people. So as long as I focus on that correlation of, of serving with how I can build, it aligns with exactly why I started this business in the first place. And it does become a lot easier to sell. And also just knowing, I think this is with anything in life. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. 
And I'm okay with that. You know, there's going to be people who are like, okay, well, you're not what I need. I need more of, I need investors. I'm, you know, more of a startup. And, and that's really not my forte. And for a while it was like, well, okay, is that bad or is that good? Should I, but now I've just accepted, listen, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. And I think that's a really important place you need to get to as a business owner too. For sure. For sure. Like, yeah, I'm not everybody's coach and you've, it's, it's got it or I'm not everybody's coach right now. Right. Like there's, there's different levels of alignment and just knowing that. So, so let's go back. I want to go back to your first business. I love the pet sitting business. Yes. I mean, if I had it my way, I would have a house full of animals, but you know, it's, <laughs> um, that's, that's not where we are right now in our lives. But I, I love that, that you were in that space and you followed that passion. So go back to that business and think back, like when you doubled your sales in that business for the first time, you know, what was that like for you? And what was it like when the money started coming in and how did that shift your beliefs about what you wanted to do with the business and maybe even that you might sell it someday? Like, what was that like? It was, it was awesome. Like I just never, I was making more money than I'd you know, I mean, I was the girl who thought six figures by 50 was going to be amazing. So, I mean, when we're bringing in six figures every few months, I mean, it was amazing to me just doing what I love. Now I was working really hard, but I think what was so exciting to me about it was I was able to hire people who aligned with that passion too. And I remember that was the big aha for me. It was like, I get to help. Not am I only am I serving people in the capacity of, you know, helping them with their animals, but I get to offer jobs to people who do this too, who love this too. And just, you know, some people running a business, it's not what it's not for them. They love what they do, but it's just to, to take on that pressure. And so that for me was this big aha of I can help people and and offer full-time employment to others. Like I was helping the economy. Like I never thought I would be a girl who would help the economy. But that, I think that was like one of the most exciting things for me. And it just was, it was all about, you know, really, we, we were there to help people and make lives easier. And, and it was just, it was really an exciting aha moment for me. I love it. So let's go there. Okay. So when you grew the business to that point, I mean, you obviously doubled your sales multiple times. Maybe there was, maybe you remembered your, maybe you remember your first double. So I'm curious, do you remember the first time you really doubled? And then second, what were the top two strategies that you deployed that allowed you to double your sales in the pet sitting business? Yeah. So for a while we were coasting, um, just around, yeah, I can tell you like one of the times when it really, when I started taking it a lot more seriously was we were just, again, this was not, you know, it was a Sears re- job, part-time job replacement. So we were not planning on getting rich off of this thing. We were making like a thousand or so a month on it off a $600 investment initially. So, I mean, that was good. And I was right. just using all that to reinvest into real estate and stuff like that. The biggest aha was when I started putting the pedal to the metal on marketing, because I started to see what happened was we actually were trying to find somebody to come to our house to pets at our animals. This was before we had employees. No one would yep. call me back. And so this aha, this light bulb just went off in my head. I'm like, okay, if we're not getting a call back, who else isn't getting a call back? And I want those people because I'm going to call them back. And I just, I started teaching myself Google AdWords. And I remember when I started really focusing on the numbers and the strategy of the marketing that, I mean, I can't, I can't remember the exact double day that we went from 1000 to 2000 because it just, it escalated so quickly. We went from, 
you know, really advertising and just growing to suddenly needing to hire our first employee with within a few months after that. And, um, but it was just me really clicking in going from, oh, this is just a fun side thing. That's whatever to this is a business and I'm going to pick up all these people that no one else is helping. We're going to be there to help them. And that's when things really took off. So the strategies were really around you learning how to do the marketing and exactly. also like just paying attention to what the growth opportunities were that were around you at that time. So yes. I'm curious, Erin, like at what point did you think to yourself, man, I could sell this business for a profit. And then whatever you're willing to share, you've sold two businesses. I know people are really curious about that. I just talked to a client yesterday who I'm like, you could sell this business someday. And I've helped others go through the process. But what, what for you was that like, that moment where you're like, I could sell this. And then what was it like to actually sell it and go through that process? Yeah. So we looked out and I think one of the key things you have to understand when selling a business is how can you put the buyer in a position to really get the most of their investment and how we ended up, it, it all was kind of a, a backing into type situation, but one of our clients lost her job and she was an accountant and she came to us and she said, you know, I don't want to um, go into another accounting business. I really want to help you guys. And I knew she was, I don't, I don't want to use this term more than just a pet sitter, but she was really valuable to us. And, and yeah. just to put her in, you know, in and out of houses was, I, I really wanted to, to put her in a good position. So we kind of, I slowly laddered her in for several years. And how I did that was I actually bought out a competitor I was like on a mission by year three <laughs> and I bought out at a competitor and their business model was a bit different than ours, but I wanted that clientele and I just wanted that positioning. And so I kept the business as the same. They were a separate entity from us, just a little bit different in how we ran things. And I put her in a position to run that. So what I wanted eventually was to pull myself out of the equation and have her there. And she and I had been talking for you know, a while on her buying it. The, our, our initial intent, my ex-husband and mine was he was going to finish his PhD and then we were going to move. So running the business wasn't going to be, so we knew that we, to a long term, I, to be honest with you, at first I thought we would just walk away. And then all of a sudden, like you mentioned, there was this aha, I could actually sell this for money. Like that was crazy, but it just really perfectly aligned with Renee. And for us on a service-based business, I had to be really careful with the buyer because somebody could buy it for what you see it's worth. But then if customers are upset that I'm not the one there or I'm not the one taking care of their their animals, then they're going to go somewhere else. And that doesn't really do your buyer any good. So it was really important for us just, I mean, this was a process. It was not a, hey, we're, the business is up for sale. Peace out. We'll see you later. Yeah. It was really by the time we sold to her, she was the face of the company. I was no longer the face of the company. Um, for about, I would say, six months to a year of prior to selling, I wouldn't go into new client homes anymore. They only met her. And so it was just this weaning process where I knew the sale was going to, there was going to be no difference for her. So the numbers that she saw on those books was yep. going to be the numbers she saw in the business unless she did something drastic. So it was very strategic in thinking about it from that perspective. Got it. So it was, it was very, I mean, and I love, so that, that makes sense. I mean, finding someone who already knows the business well, someone inside of the business makes total sense so that she could run with it and she already knew the business and you set her up to succeed, which 
um, made it valuable for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to like really be, if you're, if you're going to plan on selling, you know, sometimes business owners, like, and I'm, can be just as guilty of this. We're a little sloppy and how we track and our numbers and all that. And if you're planning on selling, like you have got to be crystal clear where anybody can look at your finances. They, you're, you've got a system set up where you know money's coming from, you know your expenses, you know projections, you know all these things because you really want people to take this seriously and come in and, and, and buy. Um, and again, know how they're going to get their return. That's the most important thing. When anybody puts in any money, they have to understand how they're going to get that return back. And um, you, you know, if you're planning on selling in a year or two, like get massively clear on this and start putting all that together. Yeah. Great points. And I love that you said projections. I'm always, we're always talking about that on the show. Like just the power of knowing your numbers is starting to project out. It's so painful for people, but I'm like, you can't sell your business. If you can't project out accurately. And if your numbers aren't accurate, no one's going to buy your business. So Aaron, so when you went to sell the spray tan business, what did, was there anything that you did differently because of what you learned through selling the first business? Like, did you, did you start it up knowing you were going to sell it? How, how was that process different? Yeah. So initially what happened, I actually started that business thinking I was going to franchise it because I had started looking at the potential of franchising in the first business. It just was, honestly, I burned myself out. Not long story short, I just didn't want to keep growing it. But in the second business, I initially, we were going to franchise it. I ended up getting unexpectedly pregnant. So we kind of had to shift gears a little bit. And it, it was an intent that I could build it and sell it. I knew I didn't want to do it forever. Uh, I wanted just to have that company be, when you thought of spray tanning, that was the company, almost like Palm Beach yeah. Tan, it, but a higher quality tan. Palm Beach is just kind of the spray at you type of stuff. So I, initially I started that, but things in life happened where I had to change the, the strategy a bit. And when I went to sell it, it was actually a funny story. I... Um, I, I was trying to sell it, but I wasn't really advertising the sale. I was just trying to find that right buyer slowly but surely taking my time. It had been about five years in. And this girl reached out to me because I had I had knew the SEO game. And so anywhere, like on all these certain keywords, I was number one everywhere. And so she reached out to me and she said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a spray tan business. I see you're number one everywhere can you, would you give me a few pointers? And I said, I'll give you a few more than that. I'll actually, if you want, I've got a company that's up for sale. If, if you don't want to start over and like, she was a new, she was very, she was, this was brand new. It wasn't something she was a hundred percent sure about yet, but by me helping her walk through the numbers, understanding how to run the company, how to get the money back. It was, it was really truly a win-win. I could, I really wanted to set her up for success. And obviously have my clients taken care of. That was my biggest thing is to have somebody that I knew would show up for them. And so it was just a really cool situation. Like SEO obviously got me customers, but it got me a a buyer too. So it was just, it was a different experience, but again, it was the most important thing for me is not the money I make from the sale. It's really who's going to take care of my customers because I've built these relationships for five years. And how do I know that they're going to be taken care of? And, um, and that was the biggest piece I had in, in fulfilling that sale. 
That's beautiful. Wow. Thank you for sharing so much. I know people are taking notes, especially those who are thinking <laughs> of selling someday. Um, so which ties perfectly. I mean, you're an expert in business fundamentals, business growth, really business startups. You have your new company, um, the Starters Club, right? And so yep. share like two to three strategies that you teach your clients, if you would, please. And we just want to learn as much as we can from you today, Erin. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so Honestly, business fundamentals are your best friend. And one of the key strategies is of what I've gone back to is at first it was when I started the business, it was all about helping people start. But the problem is people start and then they're stuck and they're like, how do I grow this business? How do I you know, get to that next level? And it all comes back to the fundamentals. It's like, you know, a basketball player. They never stop shooting a free throw. They never stop working on the basics of the game in order to get better. Yet so many business owners skip over pieces or they, they kind of just do, you know, uh, okay, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to market. And then they just kind of jump to the next thing because they want leads, but they don't understand how to work those leads or sell those leads. So you've got to always go back to your fundamentals and understand that's that is where everything is. The more sound you are in fundamentals, the, the better you can hire and grow. And the more sound those employees who will work for you are in those, you know, understanding those fundamental pieces to your business, that's where the magic happens. And so many people focus, you know, this would be tip number two, you focus on the new great thing or, I call, you know, the FOMO, the fear of missing yeah. out. So, <laughs> oh, this new thing's coming out. I've, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Well, does it really serve your business? Is it going to help you get to that next level? And instead of just jumping in because it's cool and shiny, take a step back. Some of today's best business owners have no social media presence. And I'm not saying don't get on social media, but they know their business model. They know that maybe it's not going to be the best place of their time and, and money. And they understand where that is for them. And that's how they grow. So just... It may not be your cup of tea and that's okay, but it's got to align with your business and understand that. So stop focusing on FOMO. And then the third piece is understand the power of exponential growth. And what I mean by that is so many times, so many customers, like I do a lot of consulting and they're, I'll go back to marketing and leads and they focus on just leads, 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 leads. And that's all they care about. But they're not looking at how they're closing a sale of those leads or you know how they're utilizing the time and the time of their employees. And there's these main core areas of business fundamentals that we have in business. And instead of just focusing on one all the time, focus on change that one and then spend some time in your business focusing on another one. Because if you can get a 10% increase in how you, you know, in, in lead generation, that's great. But if you can get a 10% increase on your lead generation and then a 20% increase on how you actually close on those leads, right. and then you know maybe a 5% increase of how you keep your employees, like your attrition rate, you reduce that by 5%, all of a sudden those numbers together, that's huge for your business. So look at the core pieces as a whole and really figure out, A, how to continually work those and get better at them. But then how to keep, you know, how can I move a percentage point here and then another, tw you know, two percentage points here. And that's truly where massive growth will happen. 
Ooh, that's really, really, really good. Okay, so I'm going to review a little bit, and then I'm going to come back to that. So go okay. remember the fundamentals. Absolutely fantastic. And we don't – It's you're right, because tying to number two, it's the shiny objects. Oh, my gosh. Like, all the time, myself, my coaching team, we're like, nope, nope, come back over here. Where did you go? Why are you trying to – no, get back over here. And then the, um, the exponential growth. I love how you broke that down. Like, really – so so rather than – you're right. Like, people are always trying to bring leads in, but if you can't close the leads, I mean – one of the reasons we do this podcast, the Double Your Sales Now, is you know, it's like you've got to be able to close. So I have to ask you, Aaron, like, what are like one tip, one tip on closing the sale? That's, I mean, you've cl- not only have you closed sales in your own businesses, but you've closed business sales. You've sold businesses. So what are what's your number one tip on closing the sale? Okay, this is so cliche, but I love it already. Up. Follow up. I mean, so many times we're like, well, I don't want to bother them or, you know, they, they didn't know follow up, follow up, follow up. Because I know for me, the people who I hire, whether it be an employee or the contractor or even a vendor, you got to get on me. Okay. I've got about, you know, 10,000 things going on and sometimes, you know, and it's the, it's the, you know, the, I don't want to call the shiny object, but the squeaky wheel. They're the ones who I know you're serious. I know you're passionate about this. I know you want to help me. And I mean, I've had to close, you know, massive deals for the sponsorship of the entrepreneur summit. And it wasn't them banging down my door that I closed the deal. I had to follow up with them. I had to, you know, Hey, what do you need? I had to, I mean, and it was just, I know it sounds so cliche, but we tend to back away from it. Like, Oh, well, I don't want to bother them. No, bother them. And see where they're at, not get obnoxious about it, but make sure you're following up, make sure they know you're there, make sure maybe they're not ready yet, but when will they be ready and continue to follow up with that. And that's just truly where your sales gold is at. Amen, sister. I mean, that is, it is, we could call it cliche, but it's, it is truth. And I was talking to my speaker agent yesterday and she was telling me that she's called this company 50 times that I really want to speak for. And I'm like, well, keep calling. Like, that's not enough. Like, we're going to, it's going to happen. And I had a a salesperson one time who called Honda Corporation at least a hundred times, at least. And then no one ever called him back. He left voicemails and then he sent her a cactus one day and with a note that said, I don't want to be a thorn in your side, but I really want to earn your business. She called him back and he closed the deal. So it's, come on, like it is the, the reminder of follow up a million times, which is, well, let's, it ties perfectly into the next part here, which is how do we get more of you, Erin? So for all of our listeners in 47 countries and more as we continue to grow, how, if they want to get more from you and spend some time with you or attend one of your events, what should they do? So one of the best ways is, uh, you know, the startersclub.com. They can find me everywhere. Um, and just at the starters club is, is everything. So the startersclub.com at the starters club. Um, is this free gift time or should I wait for yeah, that? Yeah, all of it. Yep. Give it to all okay. of us. We want it now. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So one of my biggest passions is getting, obviously getting people started and understanding, uh, Business doesn't have to be Facebook. Okay. You can make money. And so I made a lot of money pet sitting. Okay. Uh, so I'm a huge passion about getting people started doing what they love to get rolling. If you want ideas. So maybe you're sitting there like, I don't know how I can make money. I've got over 50 ideas for you. If you go to bit.ly slash 50 underscore ideas, you'll get a download of literally over 50 ideas of businesses that you can start. You don't have to have a ton of capital. You can start at home today and just start getting the wheels turning of all the different ideas of how you can start making income outside of corporate America or your job or whatever. And then 
I'm so excited to announce this. I've been working on this forever, but the Business Mastery Society is launching. And this is really focusing on those core fundamentals, exponential growth. It's a membership site where every month we're going to be covering a business fundamental, either myself or one of our guest speakers, and helping business owners just spend an hour or two a week looking at their business from a different perspective and really helping to grow those numbers in in all those fundamental pieces of their business. So it's not going to be overwhelmed where we're going to give you a bunch of homework every day and it's going to kill you, but it's just slowly learning how to increase those percentages in all those different areas to create that exponential growth. And you can get more information if you jump over to bit.ly slash SC, standing for the Starters Club, underscore business mastery. So it's bit.ly slash SC underscore business mastery to get more information on that. Fantastic. So just to review, give us both um, links one more time. So everyone who's been listening, if your pen's ready, write them down. Ready? One more time, Erin. Okay. <laughs> For the fifty uh, over 50 business ideas, it's bit.ly slash 50, the number 50, five zero underscore ideas. And then the other one is bit.ly slash SC underscore business mastery. Beautiful. And if if they have additional questions, can they find you? How do they find you? How can they contact you? Um, And are you on social media? Where else can they connect? And I know you have a podcast and a book. The startersclub.com is probably the easiest way you can. I'm always open. My email is open. Erin, E-R-I-N at the startersclub.com. If you have any questions, feel free to message me there. I'm on social media everywhere at the starters club. That's my primary business. And, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, at the Starters Club. I was like, is there another question? But thestartersclub.com and at the Starters Club, Aaron at thestartersclub.com for email. It's, I'm pretty easily accessible. And do you have a book yet? For some reason, I thought you had a book. Yes, I yeah. do have a book. I'm sorry. That was the other question I missed. My book is Master the Start. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple Books. It's called Master the Start, and it's 10 ways to get out of your own head and into your dream business. Perfect. Wow, Erin, thank you so much for sharing so much today. Before we wrap up, my final question for you, you know, sometimes people are listening, they might be having their best day in business. Maybe somebody's listening, they're having their worst day. And for someone who's having a tough time right now in business, and maybe even, you know, just not knowing what to do, what's your best advice for them? Keep going. Uh, So many businesses don't fail because they're bad ideas. It's because of they quit when they got frustrated. They quit when the you know when things got hard. Um, you've got to keep going. It's it really ask yourself how bad you want this, why you got into it, and if the answers are enough for you to keep going, then don't quit. Um, I, it's just it's it's hard. I know it's hard, but you just have to keep going. Get through that day. Takes any sort of action to get you to that next step, and. Uh, by not quitting, that's where your success lies. Beautiful. All right, Erin, I want to thank you for being here today and for sharing so much with our listeners. I really appreciate you and we support you and your business and always let us know how we can support you. Okay. Thank you so much, Ursula. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening all over. Um, We have a free gift for you as well. If you haven't downloaded it yet, you can go to salescoachnow.com. We have sales secrets of the top 10%. You can find out what those, what those top salespeople do. And it's just a a video series with me. It's valued at almost $500. It's our gift to you just for being a part of our community. We have lots of events coming up. Our 2018 sales camps have all been scheduled. They will all be in Minneapolis this year. So definitely check out our schedule there. Let us know how we can best support you. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone, and make this your most epic year yet. 
Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now. Thank you.